3: And welcome all you intentional spirits, and thank you so much for being on our show today. Elizabeth, it's good to see you again. Um, we are so blessed on this show, and we it's a process where we're always learning, and um, which is the key of life, right? It's being open and, and, and receptive to new ideas, new ways to expand. Uh, you know, we say it very clearly on the show that there are people who have intentions, Uh, like uh, New Year's resolutions or midway through the year, writing down some things they want to accomplish. And there are people who are both and they have intentions and they're intentional and they, no matter what, no matter what externally is calling or in the way or, or whatever, they still continue to persevere. They move forward with what those new intentions are, whether it's a habit, accomplishment, more success, or being a difference maker. Um, Our guest today is a difference maker. Her name is Kathy Burns. She set out on a mission to bring back qualities that all of us can benefit from hearing and talking about and sharing, those qualities we call virtues. Kathy, welcome to our show today.
0: Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here and very happy to uh, be spending the next hour with you.
3: Well, it's our pleasure to have you um, give us uh, a little bit of your background as far as uh, what shape-shifted you to have this kind of interest. Uh, were there some occurrences in your life and those kind of things? I always like to wait till the show to really talk to our guests specifically because I like it to come from our hearts instead of a script. So uh, give us a little bit about, about your path, and I'm sure that everyone that's already tuning in is
0: here by divine appointment anyway. Well, thank you, uh, Temple. So I actually arrived where I'm at because I was seeking spiritual principles and how I could practice those in my life. But how I got to the need to do that is a, is a bit of a, a life's journey, really. Um, my mother had intellectual uh, challenges, and wasn't really able to be present in my life, um, really like threatened to leave me lots of sort of verbal abuse and abandonment and so forth. And I kind of grew up as a as a people pleaser, and and that led me in time to uh, end up in a couple of um, alcoholic marriages. Which anybody who's ever known anybody who's been in that or has been in that themselves know that um, there's a lot of grief and a lot of self-doubt that comes from that, a lot of losing yourself in trying to fix somebody else. And, of course, we can't fix anyone but ourselves. So I, uh, I actually ended up um, working a 12-step program and, and in that program discovered the need to really bring spiritual principles into my life. And I didn't have a particular... Uh, religion that I associated with and so I went seeking and discovered um, actually through an iPhone app something called the Virtues Reflection Cards and you can get this app right now it's only available for the iPhone um, but it's only 99 cents and it had these 100 virtues and what I loved about them is they gave a description of the virtue and on the back there was a quote and then what the practice of that virtue looks like so let's say I need to be more assertive and speak my truth, but I don't know what that looks like. What does that mean, really, to be assertive? And each card gives you, like, five or six specific steps of how to practice that virtue. Uh, And so from there, I discovered something called the Virtues Project. And the Virtues Project is a global initiative founded over 25 years ago in Canada, by three individuals, uh, two psychotherapists and uh, actually a Disney Imagineer, and they saw all of the violence among children in the world, and they really wanted to do something to make a difference. They were definitely very intentional and set out, how can we help the children? How can we, you know, reach them and reduce the violence? And they recognized that if they could reach the teachers and reach the parents, then they could change the world within a generation. And so they developed five strategies to cultivate the virtues within each one of us. You know, and the truth is we're born with every virtue in potential, just like a seed needs sunlight and water to grow. um, We as people need people around us to reflect back to us the positive traits that they see in us. And so through these five strategies, we can cultivate the virtues in one another. And, you know, most people who do this work don't really make a a great living at it, and they have to charge so much in order to make any kind of living. And I recognized that there were going to be so many people and so many organizations that could benefit from this work um, that I wanted to be able to do it at an affordable rate, which led me to found um, Virtue Circle, which is a nonprofit dedicated to inspiring others to the practice of virtues in their life, to build resiliency, optimism, and hope. And so that brings us, I guess, to today, where, we know, we're a very young nonprofit, but we're doing some uh, exciting work in our community, and we have some uh, global things that we do over the Internet as well. Uh, But it's really just about helping each one of us get back to our truth, get back to seeing ourselves for who we really are, which is, you know, people of divine nature.
3: Absolutely. And regardless, if everybody has these five virtues memorized, which we're certainly going to delve into a bit, it it's the kind of thing that it's like the four agreements. You know, I can, I can teach the four agreements today. I can be a student of the four agreements today. Uh, speak your impeccable word. Do your best. Don't make assumptions and don't take things personal. Oh, my goodness. I can, I can look at those every day and have an aha, you know, uh, about them. But I, I love your story, and, and part of your story I want to go back to, if, if you're okay with that, because I, I want to highlight something that I think is so significant to, to people that are listening, because as I was telling you before we started the show, that people are tuning in from all over the world. When we grew up in a situation where the people around us were not available, it's pretty common that we tend to then attract or get involved with relationships that are not involved available. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that is that part because that's that's our comfort. Um, that's where we can also hide right? Um, because you made a reference earlier of, you know, that you were a people pleaser. Um, I understand that too. I had one of those t shirts for a long time. You know, uh, you come first. Um, I may not come forward at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly.
3: You come first. I might not come forward at all because there's <clears throat> lots of yous out there that I was so busy, you know, trying to, to please. And, and therefore, in that level of hiding, you know, there's, there's drama, trauma around that. There's inconvenience around that. There's pain around that. But there's also, from a psychological or a spiritual growth realm, there's also a level of convenience, isn't there? Because we can hide behind everything and everyone else. So I just wanted to share that with you because your story just really hit a chord with me because I thought, oh, you're telling... You know, you're telling a story that I really relate to that's very similar to mine. Um, Not only was I in relationship with someone that wasn't available, but because of my own addiction, I wasn't available either. So all that said, um, thank you for the work you've done and continue to do on yourself and to also encourage those that are listening today about the possibility of what it means to become available, to exceed beyond... Uh, people-pleasing, because if you are living any kind of life that you are attempting to please anybody, um, you are denying yourself of the greatest gift that you'll ever know, and that is what it's like to truly be you. Would you agree with that, Kathy Burns?
0: Absolutely, and you know, there's a Facebook post I saw once, Two Little Kids Playing, and it said, you know, to the effect, all the atoms that have ever existed have existed since the beginning of the universe and have at this point in time come together to create you. Mm-hmm. And I really what? think that speaks to how amazing and special each one of us are. And if I'm living my life trying to make somebody else happy, I'm not living my life. I'm living their life, right? And so whatever we've been given, this is our unique opportunity to be of service, um, to one another and I have to live in my truth, you know, and I too struggled with addiction and I'm very grateful today that I, that I did because it's driven me on this path of looking for spiritual development. And, um, yeah, it's really hard because living in those kinds of relationships, you know, we lose who we are and we tend, and of course when you're trying to please somebody else, you can never make them happy all the time. And so you're always setting yourself up for failure, and it's never good enough, right? So you're on this constant struggle, and you're never connecting with who you really are. And this work has been so important to me in my life. Um, You know, today, for example, um, the second strategy is called recognizing teachable moments. And it's all about an attitude of looking at your life as an opportunity for lessons, and no matter what happens, find a way to grow from it. Find a way to, to practice a virtue. So if I'm not scared about doing something, then I can't practice courage. I grow my courage when I do the very thing I'm afraid of, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was even talking about, um, you know, with my mother and her intellectual challenges and the things that she said to me, um, and which caused a lot of pain in my life uh, and a lot of self-hate when I was younger, but there was a gift and a lesson from that. And because of that, I think I'm a much more compassionate and understanding person. And it's allowed me to be more comfortable around other people that have various types of disabilities, whether it's emotional or intellectual or physical. I don't feel awkward around them because it's familiar. you know. So although familiarity yes. can be a bad thing, it can also be a good thing in this case where I'm able to transform that pain into something meaningful.
3: No doubt about it. And and so many of us that, um, you know, weren't born in ashrams or didn't start out, you know, by being chosen to be in the mystery school. And we went through just the the teaching of life itself. And that's so common, though our stories are, are unique. Um, the part of it is that we have a hard time, at least initially, understanding that it is shaping us, uh, you know, to become so unique. That's, that's one element of it, um, but the other part is it really helps us become what I what I call it, it's certainly not something I've made up, but uh, to me, with all the people I've spoken to through the years in these particular kind of circles that you're referring to of uh, people that are choosing different, wanting to be healthy, or wanting to have a healthy family or a relationship, or healthiness within oneself, and not be um, codependent. There's, a, there's an event that really changed my life about that uh, because of my dedication to creation to to really get to know, you know, who am I? I had a teacher say one time that, you know, we all believe at the, at the end of our lives we have a, a life in review, you know. And he said, uh, when you're codependent and always attempting to live everybody else's life but your own, at the end of your life review you're going to see all these scenes and all these people, but you're not going to be in it.
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
3: Isn't that something? But it really it really shocked me. Like, no, no fair. If there's going to be a movie, you know, at the end of my life, I'd like to see a couple of photos of myself, mm-hmm. not, you know, other people. And um, more often than not, people that would wind up resenting me because I was wanting to help them in some way. Um, because ultimately, everybody does want to be at a core level, uh, self-actualizing, at least in, in some way. But when you're talking about, and those of you that are just coming on and tuning in with us, remember you can ask questions uh, through the comment page of Facebook Live, which is one of the main reasons we, we do it is because we, we want to hear from you and, and and bring you into our audience. We're talking about the five strategies of the virtues project and Kathy Burns is on a mission uh, to make sure in different communities and in different ways that people are modeling those five virtues and bringing them into education and with educators and with all of us who you know are living by example in one way or another in some form of public life but when you're talking about recognized teachable moments and you're You're sharing really how to teach people to reframe challenging and difficult experiences, you know, into learning opportunities. And and I love that. And I, I think that it's important to say, and of course, you know, you're offering the materials. So I want it to be, you know, from you, how you feel about it. But I think that people forget that what we're talking about, sometimes it's a skill, Right, Kathy? You have to develop it. You have to practice it and, and practice that level of seeing those teachable moments. When something happens with me and it catches me off guard, I like to say to myself, whether out loud, processing with someone or, or within me, I'm going to see if I can see this from five different perspectives.
0: Yes, absolutely. I agree. It is I was actually teaching a class to well facilitating a class today on this strategy of recognizing teachable moments. and mm-hmm. um, it, we had two hours to work together and I said to them, you know this is going to be an experiential process today. I can explain this in just a few minutes with a few sentences, but it takes a lifetime. To master, And it was really powerful, um, you know, one of the exercises that I had them do, I love that you said rename and reframe because it's definitely about that. Um, right. And I asked them, you know, one of the things we tend to do is we tend to shame ourselves, um, I, maybe because we were shamed as, as children or other people have called us by negative labels. And so we have this really self-critical negative way that we speak to ourselves. And so the exercise I gave them was to, to write a label that they called themselves. You know, and when does this happen? What's going on that you call yourself this? And then, and what does that do to your hope and self-esteem? And then I invited them to look at it from a different perspective as to what virtue could they call themselves to, to practice? Um, And what would that be like for their self-esteem and their sense of hope? And uh, as we were debriefing the exercise, this one gentleman, you know, I asked him what was meaningful about that. And he said, I realized that that critical voice in my head is my father's. And that thought was so powerful because we often do get these negative voices. And it is absolutely about, you know, turning things around and, you know, reframing them and looking at them from the perspective of what virtue can I cultivate in this situation. But yeah, it's definitely a lifetime to to pr- I've been doing this for for several years, and uh, even just the other day, I caught myself. I was trying to put the virtues poster together for the class, and it wasn't working. And I was like, Oh, I hate this. It's always so difficult to do anything, you know, this way, like mechanically or with my hands. And the next minute, I was like, Kathy, you need to just call yourself to patience. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to be patient. And I sit down and I took my time and I put it together, and it was fine except it was upside down, but other than being upside down, it was fine.
3: <laughs> right, and, it, you know, and, and the, the beauty of life is um, you don't have to look far. You know, I mean, um, years ago when, you know, someone would blow their horn at me, I mean, I, you know, I grew up in the country, and we just, we didn't go around blowing our horn at each other unless we actually knew who we were, you know, so when I moved into a big city and, you know, blowing, blowing, let's go, hurry, 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 you know, it, at first it was like, oh, wow, I mean, are you kidding me, you know, and it would get me revved up, you know, as a reverend, of course, um, but <laughs> bigger, bigger than that, I mean, I thought, I do not want to do that, you know, and I don't want to get worked up and, you know, because we know, I mean, proactivity versus, uh, you know, just being reactive because everybody else is the person that, you know, blew at you is just going about their lives. They probably don't ever think twice about it, you know, <clears throat> or remember the color of your car where you're going, what's happening to the people in the world today? Why are they drinking so much coffee and getting behind the wheel and, you know, da, 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 da. but I shifted that to to wave, you know, and just pretend like I'm back in the country, like, oh, hi, I didn't know you knew me, you know, and then it just dissipates, it dissipates mm-hmm. that energy, and sometimes I'll go, people are so helpful, aren't they, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know, they're blowing, and they're honking, and they're, you know, they're almost like uh, ducks in a row, they're just trying to help one another out, <laughs> <laughs> it's a process, you know, that. That's what we're talking about. It, it, it It's a process. Um, one that you also use with the, with the virtues, and of course the main one is to practice, practice, practice the virtues, to model them, to do your best to set an example, but this is huge for so many people and everybody really out there. You can take a big breath just for a moment, <sighs> oh, and it's called setting clear boundaries.
1: Mm. now that's
3: yeah now if you're in a club that everybody's taking those classes well not so complicated but to teach to teach yourself to have healthy boundaries to clarify what those are to be communicative yes to be in that space of that and then teach others what your boundaries are because it's not one size fits all. So I'm, I'm really uh, curious to um, what you feel about that, Kathy, because I find that in everyday relationships, especially in public life, to be the biggest one.
0: That is a huge one. And actually, before I talk about boundaries, I thought, you know, we really haven't defined what a virtue is. And so I just want to um, back up. Well, thank you for
3: setting your boundary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's me being assertive.
3: <laughs> I love it. Thank you for clarifying that. Oh, so yeah,
0: so what are we talking about when we say virtues and where did they get this list? And you know, we work from a list of a hundred virtues. Um and where they came from is one of the co founders was in addition to being a uh psychotherapist, he was also a scholar. Of the world's religious texts, and so he um, studied the seven major religions, their texts, and pulled from it common themes from each one. And of course, the original list was like three hundred and something. It was much too huge to be, um, you know, practical. And so they they reduced that down to a hundred. And then for teachers and parents, they have a list of fifty-two, uh, one for each. Uh, week of the year. And the way that they define virtues is the divine aspects of the character. Um, if you're from a psychological perspective, you could say these are our positive character strengths. And we're talking about things like honesty, integrity, kindness, compassion. These are universal. So, regardless of any particular religious doctrine or even the absence of a belief system, they are still practical, p- positive qualities of character that everyone possesses in potential. So, I just wanted to offer that so we could all be on the same page when we talk about virtues. So um, setting clear boundaries, yeah, this is huge. This is a huge one, and many of us are challenged, and especially if you grew up with any kind of um, alcoholism or codependency, uh, these issues of having a boundary between me and somebody else are quite different.
2: Or
3: being with a workaholic, uh, people that aren't available, uh, people Mm -hmm. that don't show affection or extremely needy people. You know, people that are that are needy, um, and that level of codependency. Even if they just grew up, that they have to be nice all the time. That kind of CRP. I got to be nice all the time. They they don't understand boundaries either. Because have you noticed in a group they hug you like they're squeezing your insides out? Anybody relate to that one? And Kathy, have you ever had that happen to you? Just somebody just put a bear hug on you, like, er! you know, that inappropriate, right? Um our guest also, Elizabeth, is saying from Norway, um, see, Kathy, I tells you they're listening from all over the world. Um, <laughs> you know, some people are just addicted to anger, you know, rageaholic. And, um, you know, my dad was a rageaholic. He, he eventually got in touch with that. Thank you, Dad. Appreciate that. He's listening from the other side. But, man, that was heavy. He didn't drink a thing. He didn't smoke anything. But, boy, could he go at it. You know, so back to you, Kathy. We're just really enrolled in your conversation today, and we're getting so many comments of people that are loving it. So um, setting clear boundaries. What do we do? Uh,
0: Thank you. And, uh, Temple, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for your courage uh, to be so honest and open with your background um, with this audience. It's very inspiring to me, and it encourages me as well to, to be equally as, as honest and open. So in Setting Clear Boundaries, you know, one of the things I really like about the way the Virtues Project talks about Setting Clear Boundaries is it's all virtues-based. So it's not so much we tie the behavior to a virtue. And, and the way that it actually looks may be different for different people. So a lot of people say, you know, well, I want – Respect as one of my boundaries. Okay, that's great. What does respect look like to you? You know, let's be really clear. You know, let's say, for example, respect means that um, we speak in a peaceful way without using curse words. Other people could care less about the cursing, but what they don't like is being yelled at. So for one person, um, I would like respect in my life where I speak peacefully without yelling. Other person, it's about not cursing. Another person, respect may be um, something entirely different. So there's ten guidelines, actually, for how to set these boundaries, and we go over these in in our workshops. Um, So one is to have that clarity about exactly what it means to you to have that particular boundary. And you want to pick several. Um, you know, we don't want to have so many boundaries that there, we need a manual to hand to somebody to understand how to interact with us, right? But it's important to, chart, you know, choose a moderate amount, three to five key virtues that you really want to see exemplified in your life. Mm-hmm. And then be very clear and specific about what you want those virtues to look like in action. One of the things where many of us get tripped up on is setting the consequence. So we have this expectation of how we are going to treat others and how we want others to treat us, but then somebody crosses and violates that boundary and we don't do anything, or we get upset or we cry or we yell or we withdraw or we leave the relationship um, because we haven't figured out what the consequence is. And if we wait until that moment when it happens, we tend to be reactive and we're not coming from a place of um, being peaceful and connected to our inner self. We're coming from a place of anger and reaction and tend to not make our best decisions in that space. So part of having clear boundaries is knowing beforehand what those consequences are. It's also important to communicate that to the other person. You know, if you decide that you want your partner to stop yelling and that any time he does that you're just going to walk away, but you don't tell him that and he starts yelling and you just walk away, well, yeah, you're enforcing your boundary, but you didn't give the other person a chance to even know what, that that was going to be the consequence. So it's really important that we communicate these. Another thing I really like about the way that they do boundaries is this idea of what's called restorative justice.
3: In our, yeah, that, that sounds like a very big word, restorative justice.
0: Yes, and I'm going to go into that. So what does that mean? Well, in our current judicial system, when somebody commits a crime, they're violating the boundary of our laws, and they get punished, right? They get sent to jail. Restorative justice isn't about punishing somebody. It's about giving the space to have them restored to the relationship or restored to the community, so for example let's say that um, you have a boundary in your home about cleanliness and that involves leaving dirty shoes at the door when people when, when the kids come in and your kid comes home from school and it rained and his shoes are all muddy and he goes running through the house and you just clean the floors. So you decide and you've decided already that there's going to be a consequence and he knows what it is. Well, sending him to his room for the rest of the night isn't educative, it doesn't teach him anything, it's punishing. So what's a way that we could have him have a consequence but also have it be a teachable moment in his life? Well, he has to go get the mop and mop up all the mud that he just made. So he's practicing that virtue of cleanliness. So Mm -hmm. same thing in our relationships. Let's say that you decide, you know, between you and your partner that you know maybe one of you has a temper and yelling isn't you know is really harmful because of your background, and you really need to have a way to communicate peacefully, so you set that boundary, and let's say your partner crosses it, and you guys have already decided beforehand the consequence for that what's that going to look like? Maybe you guys sit down and you know. Go through what your boundaries are and um, reaffirm that, hey, this is what we really want in a relationship. What's going to help you to be peaceful next time? Maybe you decide that the consequence if that happens is that you take a time out and you walk away from the situation. So this idea of being able to restore the relationship, to have a way to make amends, is, Mm -hmm. I think, a really powerful thing. Because, like I said, it brings in the teachable moment. It gives a space for healing. They're doing this. This is really big in the educational system, this idea of restorative justice where, you know, like a guidance counselor and both kids um, get involved and they have a circle and each person gets an opportunity to share and to talk about what happened for them. And then they get invited to what virtue did you need to practice at this time and then what needs to be done to make this right and to make it heal. So really powerful stuff with this restorative justice.
3: I love that. that. That's very powerful, Kathy. I want to thank all of you for being with us um, here on The Intentional Spirit. And um, Some of us have been together for a very long time, for years, and I wanted to let you know that yesterday I just interviewed for our Intentional Spirit television show, James Van Prague. So you're going to he- be hearing more about that later. We're probably going to launch the show at the end of the month. Um, your support and your energy and everything that you are, um, really means a lot. So I wanted to cue you in on that. Exciting times going on around here. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear the shows you like. If you go to templehaze.com, please uh, write on the contact page the kind of shows you would like to see on Unity Online Radio. This is an amazing uh, radio station. It features in countries all over the world. And I know that I am extremely proud to be part of it, and we're growing the show all the time. Thank all of you for everything that you do, and we will be right back after this uh, short break. Go to VirtueCircle.org. That's VirtueCircle.org and learn more about Kathy Burns and her dedication to making a difference on the planet. We'll be right back.
2: thank you for your support
0: the benefits of spiritually conscious living start now
2: for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal
0: way With Yogacarya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at spirit at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
3: Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Kathy Burns today, and she is on a mission for Virtues. Putting them back in education, bringing them to the awareness of families and parenting, and she's also doing uh, pilot programs and how to make a difference in in community. Um, thank you, Elizabeth. We love that you love our show, and just very very grateful. Um, I wanted to share something with you, Kathy, that I that I thought you know would not only be beneficial to our audience, but I think you would really like this. Uh, when I do christening ceremonies. Um, with with the babies whether it's a circle of five people or a circle of 30 people I ask them what do they want for the child and do you know that it's exactly what you're talking about they mention virtues that's what they mention I want them to be respectful I want them to know their love you know I want them to feel respect, and and they go around the circle, and I love it. It's such a wealthy, you know, moment of life. And after we finish and they've all answered, I say to them, you know, the best way they're going to move forward in order to have that is for you to live what you just said you wanted for them. Mm. You know, because you want to offer and mirror mirror. <laughs> mira, I can say Mira. you want to mirror back to them uh what it is that you just said uh over these next few years it's absolutely key that when they look at you that's what they see when they witness you that's what they see and then that will shape shift and develop them but anyway I just knew that you would love that because you're you know, um, so about this and supporting so many children in the world to develop from a place of, of healthy well-being. So,
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. And it actually reminds me, you know, the first strategy is speaking the language of the virtues. and And whenever I introduce that, you know, it all starts with perception. It all starts with how we see things. And, you know, in this world today, we're so quick to find out what's wrong, to look at what's wrong, to complain about what's not working. And seeing the virtues in others is all about looking for the good, what is working. And you're absolutely right that that is how children learn the virtues is by being modeled by their parents and caregivers. But also by having it reflected back to them. So whenever a child is being, say, very orderly about getting a task done, or they're being um, really creative with their finger painting, that's a time to acknowledge them. Wow, I really see your creativity with drawing, you know, flowers of different colors. And when we speak that language, and and we tie a behavior, we give them the evidence and we tie that to the virtue that we're calling them to, even if they don't know necessarily the meaning of that word, that's how they learn what it means. By saying, oh, so when I use paint and I use different colors and I'm having fun, that's me being creative. Now I know what creativity is and I know that I have it in me, right? And so the more that we can do that for one another, the more that we can cultivate those virtues, not just in the children but, but in ourselves. You know, adults need this uh, as well. And it's also especially important to acknowledge someone when they're struggling with a particular virtue. So let's say um, a child who has very, very high energy, Um, you could reframe that and call it enthusiasm, right? So maybe what he needs is the ability to be patient or peaceful. And so when you set that boundary and say, you know, I really see your enthusiasm, um, but at this time we need some peacefulness, as we wait for the doctor, for example. And so for the next 20 minutes, he's very quiet and he's very still and he's reading his book, and you can acknowledge him for, wow, you're really being peaceful sitting there quietly reading your book. And so it's so great, especially when someone's just developing a virtue, to see that and to acknowledge in them. I mean, to me, this is the language of hope and encouragement. This is the language that has the power to make us resilient. So... um I'm very passionate about it. I have a feeling it's probably coming across as I speak.
3: Of course. Well, we, we need you to. We need you to be passionate about it and, and very happy and, and delighted that you are. Um, I know that um, in Florida you've um, been doing a pilot program. Um, give Tell us a little bit about that because I'm sure there's others that you know want to get involved and You do have some ideas on your website, Circle. that's plural, VirtueCircle.org, that people can go to and find out more, but tell us a little bit about the program you're doing.
0: Oh, thank you. Yes, this is pretty exciting. Um, This program is called Building Resiliency, Optimism, and Hope with the Five Strategies. And we're currently doing it in the local uh, free clinic. They have a men's and women's shelter uh, for people that are homeless that are trying to get clean and sober. And the staff who work with these clients obviously hear a lot of trauma. There's a lot of um, challenges in their day-to-day uh, activities with the dealing with the clients, and the case managers have heavy workloads. And so what we've done is we've created and customized these five strategies to look at it from the perspective of somebody who's working in a trauma environment and how can they be resilient, how can they maintain their optimism and their hope, because what a beautiful call to service. You know, these people's entire life is about service to others and how important it is for them to have clear boundaries and to know how to have some detachment and yet still be compassionate. And so we've done a couple of the sessions so far, and it's really resonated with them. They feel like they've learned lessons that they can actually use in their work. As a matter of fact, today, after today's session, they invited me to a staff meeting. They had a resident that they were struggling with that they were going to have to ask to leave, and they asked, how can we do this with the virtues language? How can we turn this into a teachable moment? And so um, I really was so excited to see that because that's, you know, certainly buy-in. So I'm you know, hoping that we're going to also be able to offer this not only to other organizations in our area, but hopefully be able to also do webinars so it will be available to people globally because I think that there's a real need for resilience training. And there's a lot of research about it, too, about how the power of our words and the ability of us to reframe and have clear boundaries and fill our own cup are so important to our ability to... Um, remain steadfast in our service to others while still taking care of ourselves.
3: Oh yes, uh, no doubt about it and we're getting some powerful comments about that as well. Um, this is the kind of thing too that we, we need to get into prison systems um, so that to, to set that uh, goal of you know people being free and, and not feeling they have to be in prison. You know, I mean, there's enough people that feel imprisoned in their own mind. Um, but we certainly um, need to teach people uh, these 100 virtues and or relearn um, in, in a greater way so they can be, um, you know, self-actualizing type people. That's really, really cool. Thank you for everything you're doing. It's really Really awesome. Uh, do, were you saying earlier, um, before we launched live on the show, do you do webinars?
0: I do do webinars, yes. I did one at uh, Christmas time. There's another book um, by the founder of the Virtues Project called A Pace of Grace, which is really wonderful about learning how to take care of yourself in our busy world. And so I did a webinar then about keeping a pace of grace through the holidays and how can we take care of ourselves with all the busyness. So, yes, that's something that we're going to be expanding more and more is the ability to do webinars because the need is global and um, the Virtues Project is global, and I would like to make our uh, services global as well to connect with people. Um, I'm I'm part of the mentoring committee for the Virtues Project, and so uh, a lot of the people that I know who do this work Live in other countries. In fact, um, I had been—I learned myself via a webinar, and I think I had been doing the work for two or three years before I ever met another facilitator in person, <laughs> which was a real key moment to me. But yes, we're going to be doing webinars, and um, be, so we can really, you know, be of service to more people and really bring something that I think is so needed. Uh, to so many others. And it's interesting that you mentioned prisons because this material is in prisons um, around the world. And as a matter of fact, in Fiji, the entire Fiji correctional system uses the five strategies of the Virtues Project. So well, I
3: surprised?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a powerful, powerful healing. So, you know, I really appreciate your perceptiveness to see uh, the application there. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I, I love the fact that you're going to do webinars because I think that we can all relate that are, you know, tuned into the show with you. It's one thing to read in a book or, you know, to have a poster on your wall that says, speak the language of virtues and, you know, recognize teachable moments, set clear boundaries and, you know, the other virtues, honoring the spirit and the art of spiritual companioning, It's one thing to read those. It's another thing to have us exchange stories about what that looks like. I mean, just when you told the story of the little boy that walked in the house with the, you know, muddy feet, I was able to, in my mind, think of three or four different examples moving forward that that would be effective and that would be good, you know, in an entirely different scene, but a a great way of handling that. You know, it's so... um, because people have no idea, I was at a uh, at an open uh, like singing uh, contest. Um, there wasn't a winner. the contest was uh, that you were able to get the courage to get up and sing a song and let's say there were i don't know seventy people there that night, and every person just about every person that was willing to share. Of why they didn't sing regularly, or why they didn't think they could sing? Guess what? Either a parent, or a teacher, or a relative, told them they sounded awful, and they never sang. they never sang again. I'm talking again, and we're talking people that exceeded forty years old. So it's it's huge in um, the power of the spoken word in what we say to children, what we say to people, and how they really take it to heart. And of the 70 people that were there, probably everybody that told them they couldn't sing were people that just believed they couldn't sing. So they were putting that you know, on everybody else, or they were threatened or felt insecure because they didn't have a talent. You never know, but it just totally you know, can stop people for, you know, many years to come. But I do love the languaging, uh, you know, back and, back and forth. I mean, for me, in, um, in intimate relationships, um, one of the things that I have learned to say that, let me just say in my group it works, and I'd be curious to see what you think about that. Um, I love you very much. However this particular thing is just not working for me anymore. And um, I found that that's a great door to start talking about a new boundary. Right? And then I'll follow that with, you know, maybe maybe there's an adjustment I need to make on my end. Do you know what I mean? Maybe there's something I need to adjust on my end. Because I'm not saying you're wrong, you're horrible, and I don't do anything wrong, and we need to fix you. That's not what I'm saying. I love you. However, this particular whatever it is, it's just no longer working for me, and I need to move forward with it looking differently. So anyway, you're the virtue coach. How am I doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing beautifully. I love, I love the um, the openness. Um, that you have, the way that you're doing that, because really inviting this, basically you're coming from a place of unity. Go figure. Um, Go figure. (laughs) But, yeah, that's what you're doing is you're inviting unity that let's focus on a solution. And I think that's a beautiful way to say it, right, and not putting any blame on anybody, but to just say, here's the situation. I need this to look different how can we make this different going forward, you know? And it it actually kind of reminds me of nonviolent communication, which is another um, product that we're going to be offering down the road as I pursue certification. Uh, And it's really just about let's look for a way for both of us to get our needs met, right? Because if we get focused on our strategies, I want it this way and you want it that way, well, then we can argue. But if we focus on, well, I have a need for peacefulness, you have a need for connection, how can we both get our needs met? Then we can be really creative and find solutions. So I, I love the way you're doing it. That's absolutely beautiful. Yes, excellent. Oh,
3: thank, thank you. Well, I, I love what you're doing too, and um, I can see that I would, like to put, I would love to do a class with you, and we could make it Facebook Live. Um, to teach these five strategies, Um, not that you aren't teaching them and doing extremely well, don't get me wrong, but I think it's more fun when um, a couple of people play off each other, you know, and share um, certain experiences that they've had. It it makes it a lot more fun and innovative um, for people to pay attention and and to make that connection. Uh, Tell us about honoring the spirit
0: uh, first of all, thank you. I would love to do that with you online. That would be fabulous. I was, I was actually one of my hopes. <laughs> it was an intention right. I had kind of set and kept in my heart, so thank we'll you so much for intention-
3: that. Yeah, I see how intentional spirits do it, and, um, uh, and my friend Elizabeth from Norway is going to take the class. He's already said she'll be in it, and um, we'll, we'll pick a time in the future so we can promote it, and um, we can let people know, and We'll just do it right here out of the out of the campus and have people tune in and and we'll have some questions. I, it would be very exciting and I would I would love it because I I love learning and I love learning through teaching because it really you know brings things to to home. So in honoring uh, the spirit, it's about helping people uh, with what gives them meaning and joy. And we, I it's hard to believe that we're almost coming to the end of our our show, but. Can you give us a little snippet of of what that what that entails?
0: Sure. That uh, honoring the spirit is exactly that, connecting to what gives us joy, meaning, and purpose. And there's many ways to honor the spirit, and it's really up to the individual. But it's about taking time out in order to do that to fill your cup. So maybe for some people that's going to mean yoga and meditation. Uh, for others, that may be gardening or cooking or painting. For other people, they may be nature lovers, and going for a walk on the beach or a walk out in the woods is what restores their spirit and restores their soul. So there's lots of different ways to honor your spirit, but the key is to take the time to do that, because as we honor our own spirit, it also allows us to honor others. So even the two of us having this conversation and the way that we're both being... Uh, patient and respectful, and allowing the other to share without interruption, we're honoring each other's spirit, and hopefully honoring the spirit of all the listeners around the world um, by trying to be of service to them. So it's just a really beautiful strategy that that keeps us connected.
3: Well, and it you know it, it says a lot about you as well. And um, you know I have people that want to be on the show, but they want to know all the questions in advance, and they want to follow a script and i just simply i won't do it um, because it's it's polished it's practiced it's it's you know being on you know the 14th show and the saying the very same things i like the resonance of the of the audience and the the people that are listening and what matters to them and out of that you know more often than not what we think we're going to talk about it's not necessary that we talk about it because we've covered Something else that's, uh, you know, much more important. I tell you, it's, it's just been um, so much fun for me, Kathy, to uh, have you on the show today. And I love your enthusiasm and your passion and your energy. And I want to urge everybody to go to VirtueCircle.org and make a copy of those five strategies. So you'll have them there. It's those reminders or just make a copy of it and put it in your photo file as one of your favorite things to grab hold of when you need reminding of just how special you are. Kathy Burns at VirtueCircle.org. I'm Temple Hayes. I want to thank all of you for being intentional, for being who you are and, and, and what you're about. And uh, I love it, Elizabeth saying, well, where did the hour go? Well, it flew by which is a very good sign, right? (laughs) A very good sign. And I always like to thank Jeff, our station manager. Because of him, everything runs smoothly and effortlessly. God bless you on this amazing journey we call life. And we'll look forward to seeing you right back online, here live. Yes, we'll all be alive here next week (laughs) on Facebook Live. God bless you.
1: Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehays.org.
2: Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach. Tuesdays at 11am Pacific, 2pm Eastern here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
1: philosopher plato said the unexamined life is not worth living in a world where it is paramount that we earn a living and provide for those who depend upon us there seems to be little or no time for self-evaluation survival receives all our attention yet when you pause and take a look at the little things in your daily experience a richer you will be discovered in knowing yourself you develop a better understanding of others. In Unity, we support the spiritual idea of knowing thyself. It's how we can all bring a healing, compassionate attitude to an ever-changing world.
2: This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.